Time for Rolling. Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Endless and Crude Sloth. It's Time for Rolling. How's everyone doing out there? Welcome back to the podcast. It is Endless here on this episode. Crude and I are going to be joined by our friend Brutal Turtle from Echo Fox. We're going to be talking a little review of Worlds once again. A lot of 5v5, a lot of speculation and talk about the map. Everything that's going to be happening in the future of 2018. Just a really nice chat uh, while we're ending out the ending out the year. Uh, I hope everyone had a happy, happy holidays and continues to have a happy uh, the rest of their 2017, I should say. Uh, before we get into this episode real quick, I'm going to go ahead and talk about our lovely sponsors and friends. Of course, Mobile Esports is a great company that focuses on all things mobile gaming. They host tournaments, community events, all based around all the great mobile games that are starting to come out. Uh, mobile gaming is the future, so we are so excited to be on board with them and doing more. Uh, with mobile's games all together especially vainglory uh with 2018 hopefully being one of the biggest year for vainglory yet we can't wait to get them more involved doing more community events uh and getting more content out for you guys so make sure you follow them on their social medias the mobile news and the mobile esports also all their web pages of course um all those are gonna be in the show notes that way you can go ahead and have a direct link to them uh, our other friends are the nacl the north american champs league that is a great tournament run by the community, and uh, the Season 15 registration is open right now. It will be ending here relatively soon. Season starts January 15th, so you have a couple of weeks to get that team together, a couple of weeks to practice and get ready. It's going to be a great season. A lot of, a lot of big names uh, involved in this tournament, uh, so it's definitely going to be a fun tournament to watch out for. going to be a lot of good casting games. I know I'm excited, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation we have today. And uh, yeah, here's for 2018. The right targets. That is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boytop. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. He goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boytop. Oh. You guys ready for 5v5 brutal i am i'm very excited for it i i'm actually getting a new ipad tomorrow so it's gonna be uh, oh so it, it'll definitely be able to run uh 5v5 which is a nice nice thing i'm pretty yeah. excited for it so i'll get, get my game as soon as it comes out what i got you, my Earth access ticket what do you what do you get in an ipad uh the mini four i have a mini two okay. right now that's what i, I have Oh, very nice, very nice. No, it sucks. I need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm living in the past with this Mini, too. It's 
it's rough. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I don't know. It works okay, but like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming once Five Five comes out, that the generation, the second generation, is not going to be able to run. Yeah, that's a, that's what I'm worried about. Because uh, I definitely get like a decent amount of frame rate lag already. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially when you get those nice graphics being laid out, a nice art gauntlet, art and double gauntlet. <laughs> right. You don't have to worry about that double gauntlet anymore, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice relief. But let's think about that. If a double gauntlet affected our frame rate, what about five characters throwing out ultimates yeah, and everything exactly, exactly. else? You got a fearsome shade. You've got five uh, fortress wolves on the on the fold. Oh. <sighs> Honestly, we, we can talk about players. We talk about, uh, you know, analysts and coaches, but the casters, I just, I mean, I just feel for them. It's going to be insane switching to. Oh, that's a big trend. There's so much to learn, too. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, Tasty and, like, a lot of them do have experience with, like, League of Legends, and a lot of them already have that kind of experience anyway. So yeah. most of, like, the true professional casters will be all right. But, like, me and the other amateur ones that do, like, the amateur leagues, oh, God, it's just, like, we're screwed. It'll be tough, yeah. <laughs> Following the games. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm horrible at 5v5 MOBAs. I've never been able to really get into one. Yeah. So it'll definitely be a new experience for me, especially as an analyst yeah. trying to figure out this transition. I've been trying to play some league over the break. Okay, uh, yeah. Learn a little bit from that and hopefully apply it. Yeah, it'll be interesting when SCMC kind of re- gives the green light to content creators and all the players to start, like, I don't know if they're going to allow players in early, but I've heard rumors about, you know, just content creators starting to make content, and I, I'm really excited just to see, you know, like the famous, cool. like, scoundrel and, like, all the big YouTubers start making videos about... <laughs> That kind of stuff. Because I need to learn, like, rotations. There's so much I need to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. All right, let's go ahead and get into this. Episode 70, I do believe. Um, <clears throat> everything is going good. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Endless55 here, and welcome to episode 70, Big 7-0, of Time for Rolling Esports, Crude Sloth. How's it going? Good man, I'm back. You uh, you went one without me. Did everything go smoothly? No, it didn't. It actually fell apart without you. Uh, oh, no, actually, it was fine. To hear that. No, it it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. It is Christmas Eve currently as we are recording this. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all the the listeners out there. We are joined by a very special guest. This is a great present for Crude and I. Once again, we have Brutal Turtle. How's it going, man? going awesome this is a nice christmas present for me as well to be on here again it's always nice chatting with you guys yeah we are are back for some vanglory talk we have some once again i haven't given up on worlds yet people may be tired about worlds but i'm gonna uh talk a little bit of to brutal about his opinion on worlds and then we'll move on to 5v5 and more of his our conversations that we already had in the beginning uh in the uh, beginning of the episode that you heard a little preview of um but you know 5v5 is is the main talk and main topic on everyone's mind nothing really matters right now besides the golden tickets do you have a golden ticket do you have a golden ticket uh, i think we all have a golden ticket in this chat room right now correct <laughs> yep, yep yep yeah i mean having a golden ticket right now is nice but then again it sucks because i'm just like when is this 2.12 coming out i need it i need the 5v5 early access yeah i can't wait to cash that in It'll be the first of the year, I bet. That's my guess. Like, eh, I mean, as soon as the holidays yeah, are over. Yeah, I, I guess. 
I mean, what? Okay, how long has it truly been since 2.11? Has it been two weeks? No, I don't even remember. It's been longer than that, I think. I lose track of time, though. Yeah, I've lost track of time with this patch as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2.11 hasn't been really that important with Worlds being on 2.10 and everyone's still worrying about that. Uh, but speaking of Worlds, I don't know. We can go ahead and get into it a little bit and just quick overview and then we'll get into the, the 5v5 talk and what we're excited for about that. But, you know, Worlds was, you know, pretty surprising overall i would say uh you know if we go back and look at your picks and everything we had talked about when we did your uh the vg pro little mini series with you you know your finals are cloud nine team solo mid those were two teams that everyone looks at and you know those are two teams that fell short um but even going into group stage looking at your your group uh your group stage specifically uh, is there a specific group that you were most surprised about? Obviously, the group of death, but then you know you had group C with tribe rocks. There's just so much happening. Yeah, I, I was shook with everything. I, it was pretty incredible, honestly. Like Worlds was just like a, a great showcase of the underdog. Yeah, uh, pr- predictions were absolutely destroyed. Uh, VG Pro tweeted out after day one. Uh, yeah, PSM was knocked out. That zero percent of the brackets. <laughs> That that was incredible. Uh, all these people who contributed put their thoughts into it. Not one person could have gotten got past those, those proper guesses in the group stage. Uh, yeah, it was it was a, a true treat and a surprise uh, at the same time. Uh, I was super impressed with the regions. Uh, Impunity, a team I thought w- that wasn't going to make it past yeah. the group stages, uh, made it quite far and overall in worlds and really really set the stage and showed uh, showed off their region, their their home arena. Uh, definitely built some some home ground pride. Mm-hmm. Rocks taken out right away. TSM being taken out right away. Uh, Detonation being taken out right away. Like <laughs> nobody could have predicted that. Yeah. yeah. My picks. I went with what I I genuinely felt were the strongest teams. My my gut feeling. I went with the safe picks. Uh, with the finals of a Cloud Nine TSM, two top teams that we had seen killing it throughout the year, and that was not the case. Uh, I thought Cloud Nine would take Tribe. I was completely wrong on that aspect, but. Overall, I was uh, I was very impressed with the showing at Worlds. Uh, the teams were fantastic. The players were fantastic, and I think that that's really what makes a great tournament is just so, the, the surprise. So overall, like I, I mean, okay, obviously you have Cloud Nine. You had in your bracket Cloud Nine winning it all, but let's I'm gonna narrow it down to three teams: Cloud Nine, TSM, and Rocks. Who do you think the biggest upset was to to lose? Like in your opinion, like what were you most surprised at? Was it TSM going? you know, first round or what was it, you know, cloud nine getting knocked out by their, 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 uh, co-region tribe or. I definitely would say it's TSM. I was not expecting to wake up to see TSM was out. Uh, I think Hunter stood any chance against ACE and TSM. And then to wake up the next day to see that TSM wasn't making it. (laughs) That, that really, really surprised me. Uh, the rock situation with Druid being sick and not being able to play. Uh, definitely hindered their performance, but uh, regardless, it was definitely a big upset. And I do think that Tribe is a powerhouse, and they've been on the rise for quite a while. And when we talked last, I mentioned Cloud9 and Tribe would have a close fight, uh, and who won won that series would probably take over take Worlds. Uh, but I definitely was impressed to see uh, Tribe execute and come through uh, on the live stage. Uh, it's nice yeah. to see Max Green coming so so far in such little time. Right. It truly is like a staple uh, of what a, a fantastic player uh, really is. 
Uh, he's got amazing work ethic. He he makes things happen at such a young age, and it's just it's amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, you Zio, obviously, I wouldn't say you know he, sure. he gets you know all the credit, but uh, you know just being the laner, the carry, he makes a lot of crazy plays. But Max Green, he definitely he did some crazy things that uh, he definitely needs a credit for. But you know, overall, I think even though zero percent got bracket right. Uh, there's a lot of upsets. That's something that like we needed to see. We needed to see this true, like healthy uh, esports, you know, environment where we have teams that are, you know, underdogs make different plays. The, you know, one thing I want to bring up is, you know, your Group B and Group D. You got China last, and China, China really showed up, and that was what I was most surprised about. I was super surprised about that as well. I was not expecting that in the slightest. Yeah, because, I mean, Team Kraken, they end up do fall to impunity later on, but Team Kraken was a team that no one had heard of, but Team Kraken showed up. Like, they they did. Yeah. Yeah, they that bit me in the butt. butt. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so, I mean, overall, I, obviously, I don't know if, did you get to, did you watch much, or were you more of a, I'll wake up in the morning and catch some VODs or whatever else is still on? I watched the majority of it. Uh, there were a couple of games that I did miss, as it was during smack in the middle of the exam season. Right. Uh, yeah. But I, I definitely, due to my uh, my poor sleep schedule, was easily able to accommodate the late night games, and it was a treat to see uh, the teams compete. Uh, but there was a lot of information that I ended up learning over Twitter. Uh, like, for example, Red Cannon's Pain Gaming making it uh, onto the quarterfinals. That definitely was a big surprise to me. Right. Uh, and seeing, watching their VODs and seeing how how far they've come over the past year after seeing them at Last Worlds, uh, where I felt that they had underperformed. It was it was really quite the spectacle. I, I didn't have very high expectations for a lot of the teams from the other regions. Uh, and they, they definitely surprised me. I thought it would be NAEA on top. Uh, throughout the whole tournament with no competition, no contention from any of the other regions. But I, I most definitely was wrong. Yeah, I mean, at Pain Gaming kind of got like 2 0 by Cloud9, really dominated. And then we see them take, you know, a full five game against Ace Gaming. They end up losing, but they went a full five game against Ace. Yeah. So it was like they were definitely hit or miss, but they definitely proved that they were, you know, close to those top teams. Mm hmm. Which is interesting, I don't know, on, on your point as an analyst. I don't know while looking back through VODs, if you noticed uh, a big difference between regions, uh, you know, between SA, SEA, EU, NA, or if you feel like the skill gap is closing. Oh, I really feel the skill gap is closing for sure. Uh, like this, this world, I think, was a, a true testament to that. Uh, EU with G2, I didn't expect them to do as well as they did. Uh, especially as seeing as SK were the favorites uh, for people uh, throughout that whole second split uh, for the EU VG8. Uh, so I didn't have very high expectations for them, but they showed up and definitely proved uh, that their region is not something to, to laugh about, making it past the group stages. China, uh, they definitely are, are closing that gap. We saw Red Cannons, Pain Gaming represent their region super well as well, Impunity. All teams that I thought there was a far larger gap between their skill level uh, and ours with NA and EA. And that gap is definitely closing. There was some very intense competition. Even the series that were lost, you mentioned Pain Gaming going to Game 5 against Ace. That that was unexpected. 
Uh, and it, it just it really does show uh, the true level of competition that we're building up uh, across the world globally um, with uh, with Vainglory. And I think it's amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to see now, but when we, when we transition into 5e5 and what we're about to start to see even more, like I've already said this once, but like we, when we look back on this world's next year, I mean, it's going to matter, but for the most part, it's not going to matter because we're going to have 5v5. Like, it's like we're basically just entering a whole new game. Like, we, oh, are, totally. we are deleting Vanglory and downloading a new game and having to learn and start from the beginning. You're right. You're which, right. Which a part of like a part of that frustrates me because like I'm like I so want to see you know like another three v three worlds to see the difference from this year to next year you know what I'm saying like it just kind of yeah, like don't get me wrong I'm super excited for five v five but I'm like oh at the same time can we still do a three v three or <laughs> yeah it definitely would be nice to see that that growth uh, the growth we've seen so far and and see how that continues see if regions like EU can surpass NA uh, yeah. see if uh, EA will come back on top and really continue. Uh, continue the stories that we've already started amongst each of the regions. Uh, but I definitely agree with you on 5v5 being almost an entirely new game. The only thing that will really uh, translate over is uh, item knowledge, gameplay knowledge to some extent, uh, in terms of hero mechanics, right. hero running. Uh, but aside from that, like I think people should be able to make similar calls, shot calls, in the sense of if they should engage, disengage. Uh, but even then, everything's going to be changed. Players who have a background in 5v5 MOBAs will definitely have an edge going into this. I think there's going to be a larger need for, for analysts and coaches with expanding the teams, uh, making sure that those teams, those expanded teams, have the synergies. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we, we see some crossovers between regions with the future teams being created. I know TSM uh, has a lot of interest in Rocks Armada and bringing those two together could be a very interesting combination uh, in a 5v5 team. There, there's so much that's unknown right now, and I think that these next few months will be amazing for us as a community uh, and really put us to the test to see what the future of Vainglory will truly look like. Yeah, and that's the thing people don't truly realize. Unless you have a League of Legends background and a, a League of Legends esports background where you understand how player transitions actually work they don't just work region to region there are so many players that can switch regions based on contracts and just going to a team that they think they have the best chance to perform on and seeing a player from a different region truly switch we have not seen that yet in vainglory like i mean we have iraqi zoro who went from eu to na but other than that a rocks armada any type of ea region coming to na that is going to be huge if it does happen i agree i agree and the organizations definitely have the money to make that happen. uh and i'm sure that they have the interest in making something like that happen as well uh putting powerhouses together will definitely be something interesting to see how well these teams mesh together and if they're able to stay on on top or build some superstars out of underdogs it'll be it'll be really really cool to see we're going to see a lot of new players make it into the competitive scene uh, with new spots opening up uh due to the five-man rosters uh, but also players who may be decent with the current Vainglory, but very strong with like a League of Legends background. It'll be see cool to see them mm -hmm. uh, over and see how they do. Like I know uh, I saw a tweet the other day about I'm the Doom uh, hitting Challenger, uh, which is the top tier in League of Legends, uh, which means that he definitely will will have an edge going into this five v five transition. It'll be cool to see how that places him amongst the top players uh, in the EU region. 
Um, I know some of the other teams definitely have players who have had some sort of MOBA experience, if it's been Dota, if it's been League. Uh, I know just from watching 5v5 that there definitely are a lot of parallels uh, in terms of understanding the rotations and the mechanics of a 5v5 MOBA. Uh, that'll definitely become very valuable in the future. Uh, the competitive scene will be be very, very cool. It'll be an interesting transition. I think it'll be a treat for, for even the casual player to witness. So... So do you think that, I mean, talking about the, the transition, do you think it'll be kind of how we saw with, like, you know, when first competitive Vanglory came out with 3v3, it was like you had, like, one, maybe two teams dominating from each region. I mean, we've still seen that recently, you know, with, like, Cloud9 TSM, and then you got SKG2 for those regions. Do you think it'll kind of be like that, like, starting out where it'll just be one team that, you know, really knows what's going on in the 5v5, and the other team's kind of struggling to get there, where, you know, recently just saw with 3v3, Tribe, you know, kind of, you know, surpassing you could say c9 and tsm or do you think it'll be a little bit more even and like you know people not know what's going on see that that's a really good point that you bring up uh i do think that there's going to be quite a large skill gap in the beginning where the teams who have the 5v5 experienced players will have the advantage and then it'll be the job of the other teams to learn through scrims uh and through ranked gameplay what the meta truly is uh yeah. i think it's important for the community to understand that with this new game mode coming out or I guess you could even call it a new game yeah. altogether. <laughs> uh, players are going to need to be patient. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things that appear OP at the beginning just to due to a lack of understanding uh, and also a lack of, I, I guess, testing on a full scale. Uh, the PVE testers do a fantastic job uh, with ironing out and preparing uh, 5v5 for everybody's gameplay, but... It's really the true test once you give it to everybody and players are able to test everything in their own way. Uh, the game's not going to be perfect when it first comes out, but with time, it'll balance out. And we will have uh, undoubtedly uh, the, t the top mobile MOBA, let alone possibly the best MOBA oh, uh, oh. ever, ever, ever released. I like that. And that's the thing that, yep. you know... I challenge people to go on Vanglory's Twitch real quick. Scroll down all the way to the bottom. Let's go back to 2015 autumn season. You're going to see a whole different game at that point. And you're going to you're not going to notice every little update that has changed so many things. So 5v5 in February to 5v5 in December is going to be a whole different ball game. And that's For what people, sure. you know, people are going to be excited about 5v5. They're really going to have high expectations and hope it's the best it can be. But there's, like you just said, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And not only just for the game, but for the esports scene. And, you know, how the tournaments operate each weekend, how long they'll be, you know, are we going to see longer games? Because if we go and look at the 5v5 matches that did happen uh the pbe played first for the 5v5 showcase a lot of just you know kills there was just a lot of you know it was a, it was a slaughter they were just running around killing everyone but when we look yeah. at you know, when we look at na versus sea you know there was much more strategy there was back and forth na had the lead but then sea came back and won it was almost a 40 minute match you know if we start seeing that happen we could see some of these competitive weekends happening longer and longer very true, very true. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, even Vainglory in its current state, if you put two teams together who don't truly understand the game, it tends that uh, the game gets uh, dragged out longer as they don't know when to capitalize on various situations. And that may have been the case uh, with that matchup, uh, seeing as it was, like, their first time or maybe they had tested it previously uh, on PBE, uh, the Rise. 
but once the meta develops and players understand how they can finish the games, you're going to find less of those stalemates in which people are waiting uh, for large periods of time uh, before making a move. Uh, that'll cut down and you're going to start seeing a lot more decisive uh, action being made to close out games and, and win them ultimately and hopefully cut the game, game mode down uh, to, to those 25, 30 minutes that we currently see uh, in a lot of our matches. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw out a question here. I'm going to see how if you can answer on the spot. But let's look at challengers for Vanguard currently, the whole challenger scene. 5v5, obviously you're adding a lot of players to rosters here. You have five starters, maybe one to two subs. How important or how much does this, this scene need to grow when it comes to players uh, to have a true, healthy, competitive 5v5 scene when it comes to challenger teams uh, splitting up and certain players going to different rosters? I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of players that need to be filled to, to have these 5v5 rosters. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, there's a lot of players that haven't even touched the competitive scene that are fantastic players and ranked, and I think that it'll give opportunities to them maybe pique their interest uh, to make that transition over the joinings uh, of VIS team. Uh, but I think that the greatest challenge for VIS teams in general will be sticking together. Uh, managing a 3v3 uh, team is quite difficult right now. Uh, just picture 5v5, five personalities, five people who can clash, have different interests, different schedules. It'll be very hard to get that commitment that you need uh, to be a top challenger team. But with that being said, I think a lot of the top players will be put together and form top teams. Uh, we currently have that in a way right now where it's not too hard to predict the top eight teams within the VIS challengers. Of course, you get some upsets. Mm -hmm. uh, but aside from that, I, I think that you're going to see a similar pattern once those teams start to combine together to form even stronger powerhouses, uh, leaving a bit of a skill gap there. But I think that it also uh, will, hopefully the, the game will grow a lot, a lot more with this 5v5 introduction. Uh, hopefully we see growth, which allows for those spots to be filled, new players transitioning over, new players progressing, new players being able to show off their skill in this 5v5 game mode. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see, uh, but as I said before, I really think that the struggle will be keeping the teams together once they're built. Do you, do you have anything to add, Crude, so far? Mm, I'm thinking, but I don't have anything right now. I mean, yeah. All right. I don't well, know. then let's let's continue to pick Brutal's uh, his his brain when it comes to five v five. If you know, you don't have to share. You can tell me you're not allowed to share. But when it comes to drafting for five v five, what are we gonna see when it comes to competitive scene drafting? Currently, right now, we have a double ban draft. You ban, you ban, you pick, you pick, you ban, you ban. Continue on. Uh, how important or how much change will we see with the draft when it comes to 5v5? Does anyone know? You see, if I tested more on PBE, I'd actually have an answer. But this <laughs> is me not genuinely knowing. I'm sure that there will be some sort of unique new draft format added, as it definitely will be necessary uh, with five heroes being picked. Uh, I don't know how many bands they're going to introduce initially. Uh, I'd like to see them start with. Uh, at least one. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe some sort of double ban integrated, but uh, there are five heroes being picked, so that's quite a few heroes being taken out. Uh, I think it's worth noting that a lot of the heroes in Vainglory can be played in multiple positions, and I think a lot of people forget that. Right. Uh, though we may not have a large number of heroes, uh, you're able to play many of them in the lane, jungle, captain roles. Uh, you can play them weapon CP. 
Uh, of course, there's exceptions to that uh, with your mages who strictly go CP, but a lot of the heroes have been designed to be flexible uh, and multi-pathed, uh, creating tradition, uh, basically you, new heroes uh, via that, uh, changing your build path. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see double ban to start. And then I think that we'll see the need if, if uh, two, it's possible two is too much. Uh, is, what does that result in? What, 14 heroes being picked? Uh, mm -hmm. slash, uh, uh, that could definitely, <laughs> that, that's a large portion of our current heroes. Yeah, only 38, uh, I believe. You definitely don't want the game to fail. Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to see the same heroes every game. Uh, but I guess it also comes down to if players are feeling uh, certain heroes are OP, uh, like currently single ban, uh, there's not a lot of strategy that goes into it. Right now, I'm noticing in ranked, it's a matter of taking out Varya. Uh, nobody yeah, I was play. just going to bring that up. Yeah, nobody wants to play with her or against her. And uh, But I think once it comes to the competitive scene, players are going to have counters to almost everything. Uh, I know League of Legends has a ton of bands. I don't know. They have also a ridiculous number of heroes. Yeah, they have a lot yeah. of bands and a lot of heroes. <laughs> I know, just from me playing and dabbling around with League over the break, uh, trying to learn some of those 5v5 mechanics, uh, that's a very hard game to get into, I'm finding. Uh, yeah. Just your number of items and, and heroes, I'm just a little bit lost on that aspect. I've got my one hero that I play. Uh, Doctor Mundo and I. Oh, okay. I just, I'm like, wow, this is this is an interesting hero that you're showing me. I've never seen this hero in my life. Uh, <laughs> what, I mean, what is he throwing at me? And it just takes it's hmm. a big curve in that sense. So I, I actually think that I applaud Vainglory for that their ability to to use heroes in multiple different roles because the abilities stay the same. People understand the abilities. It's easier to learn each hero and their abilities uh, in Vainglory than it is League. But at the same time, we have a significant number of paths and play styles for each of those heroes, uh, making it appear as if there are more than just our, our current number of heroes, almost doubling it. Yeah, which... Um, so, Pauly, he is a friend of ours in Time for Rolling Guild. He likes to think about how things work much more than Crude and I do. And he brought up a good uh, point on our last episode that I want to throw at you and see if you can think of anything else that is similar in this case. But, you know, we look at Ringo and how Ringo was made. Ringo was definitely made for, uh, I would say, a 3v3 format. He doesn't really have much AoE damage. Uh, he just is a single target. I'm going to blow you up. You know, yeah. is is it important to have like a rework of some of these heroes to make them viable, or will we see Ringo still just as viable, and he doesn't really necessarily need a rework? Other heroes, such as, you know, obviously Fortress is going to get his five wolves, but you know, there's other heroes that may need a rework when it comes to five v five. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of heroes, uh, a lot of our carries right now. Uh, they tend to get overwhelmed with against three heroes. I think Ringo's a fantastic example of that. I think Kestrel's another example of one of those heroes that can get o overwhelmed easily by some sort of dive comp uh, in which she can only really handle one target at a time. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting to see if SCMC goes about the route of a, re of a rework. Uh, but it may be just a gameplay, game style change. I can see Ringo being very good at dueling one-on-one -on -one in the lane and just building some sort of snowball based off of that, uh, still giving him some sort of viability. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's really hard to tell and make those predictions right now, but I think that is a really good point that Polly breaks up. 
it would be nice to see if that is the case. Uh, some heroes reworked. We had pedal reworked a number of times, so I'm sure that SEMC would be open uh, to the idea of reworking a couple of the current heroes to make them more viable in that route. Uh, maybe bringing some of our talents uh, to life, such as Ringo's, uh, I guess, I don't know what they call it, the, like bullet split. Yeah, uh, yeah, where it splits uh, into, yeah. Exactly. Uh, maybe they'll integrate something along that as they already have uh, it developed. Uh, definitely making that an easier transition uh, in terms of creating uh, and rebuilding a hero's kit. Uh, uh, regardless, I think that these are all things that will will come with time. Uh, and I think that's that's all we can really leave it up to at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. See how it can develop. See if there are heroes that do need reworking. Uh, well, I can see Petal is another example. One of those heroes whose minions aren't going to last a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of balancing. I know Churn Walker was built with the intentions of five e five, just by the nature of his kit and his games uh, gameplay. And I believe it's been mentioned a few times in the past uh, by Niv Met or Playoff Beard. Um, so it'll be cool to see those heroes in actions, those ones who have been optimized. I think five e five has been the attention of a lot of the the more recent heroes, as they know that this has been something that is imminent, uh, and that we're going to all have to translate over to. Yeah, I'm kind of curious when that line would be like when they were like, I mean, even, you know, even before they announced it or anything, like when they knew that they were going to be going to 5v5, what I, I would want to know what hero was released when they were like, okay, this is our first hero that's going to be intent on 5v5. That's just me thinking out loud right now, but. <laughs> no, that's true. That actually would be interesting. I'm not sure. I know they've been working on 5v5 for quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying. But like, quite a while. but yeah, I know what you mean. When was the point where they're like, this has to be a hero for 5v5. Like, I know Churnwalker definitively right. was meant for 5v5, but I'm sure that... But, I mean, they announced it way before Churnwalker. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The, the thing that's interesting, like, Polly again, he made another good point. Like, to me, I was like, Glaive is useless. Because, you know, Glaive, he afterburns in. He knocks a carry towards your team to, like, you know, expose that carry and burst him down. And then he's fine because there's really just like maybe a jungler and a captain you're against. But when Glaive, you know, afterburns into a team of five, he's screwed. But then Polly's like, I think Glaive is his afterburn is going to be used more in a defensive way. If someone jumps on your carry, he's going to maybe afterburn to knock someone farther away from that hard carry instead of Glaive being more aggressive. He's He was talking sure. about Glaive being more defensive than aggressive. Yeah, I definitely can see his playstyle changing. Uh, I, I think within the early game, if you're playing him as a jungler, you can see ganking uh, coming out through his yeah. afterburn and using that on an offensive manner. But as the game gets later, he doesn't want to place himself in such a risky situation uh, and hence play the, the back line, the defensive line. Uh, and I, I think that's something we're going to see uh, through a lot of heroes, that, that transition in gameplay. You're not going to be playing heroes the traditional play style, and there's going to be metas that develop for each of the heroes. And I think that'll be really cool to see. I, I think that's also a fantastic point that Polly brings up there. Uh, it definitely, it, it's, not, it's not the same game. Uh, we're going to have to adapt, uh, improvise, adapt, overcome, as Bear Girls would say. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, hmm, let's see. I was just going to bring up a point, and now it has, I've lost it. Dang it. Kurt, you got anything? Uh, No, not really. All right, let's have a, a lull real quick while I think of what I was going to say. Damn it, it was a good point. I'll cut this out. No worries, guys. Oh, I remember. Okay, let's action. We'll begin again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brutal, I know you 
are on Echo Fox and you work with players that are a jungler, a laner, a captain, but now we're seeing three more lanes. How difference and how big of a challenge is it going to be for maybe a jungler to go into lane and have to worry about CS and, you know, switch to that almost laner role? It'll be very tough, but I think, I definitely think the transition will be much easier for a laner and a support going into this. Uh, junglers who want to make that change and switch to a, being a lane position will be quite difficult, but it's not impossible. I think everybody's going to go through this period of change and adaptation. So if you want to do it, uh, the, the transition time during the beginning of the release is the key time to do it as you're going to get uh, roasted a lot less by your teammates <laughs> as they're going to have an understanding of uh, the transition and the difficulty of the transition and hopefully a lenience uh, towards your mistakes. Uh, but the today I've been playing lane almost the entire day trying to get a feel for it, and I'm really noticing how bad I am as a laner compared <laughs> to my jungling. Uh, I'm significantly lower in skill uh, when it comes to laning just because I don't have the experience. Uh, and I guess the knowledge and the map awareness to be able to execute to the level that I'm able to execute my jungling. Uh, but I think that definitely the transition period, if you want to be a mid laner, you want to be a top laner, you want to be a bottom laner, uh, the time to do it is, is the release uh, of 5v5, maybe get some practice right now as a laner. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, see, like farming the jungle, uh, it's not nearly as difficult to get that last hit <laughs> than <laughs> what it is uh, when you're laning. Uh, I've definitely noticed that while playing League of Legends as well. Uh, my CS is atrocious. Uh, but hopefully players are able to adapt, and I'm sure they'll be able to. And hopefully with time, everybody will be loving the new 5v5 that we're being given. Yeah, because, I mean, when you look at Flash X, who, no matter what he decides to do with his career, he's a captain. And then he also has Lucky Bread, who's a captain. You know, Flash played top lane in that game. So if, if that's yeah. something he has to do, that's Flash having to completely adapt and have a true mechanical skill in order to play a game at a, at a high level. So... I don't know how the first season of 5v5 is going to go. It could be a disaster. <laughs> it really could be. <laughs> I agree. I'm not sure how they're going to do the transition. I know, uh, I, I'm not even sure when they're going to make 5v5 the competitive game mode. I know they've mentioned in the past that uh, they're going to kind of give it time and see what the players like. Uh, it might be, we might see 3v3 for the next six months while they work on 5v5 trying to, to fix any bugs, balance the heroes out, because that will all take uh, I time. think they announced at the end of the competition, at the end of Worlds, that all the competitives will be 5v5 in 2018. Really? Like, I think it's, yeah, yeah, that's a right. playoff beard. So it was at the end of the stage when Tribe was up there and they won. He's like, we have one more announcement. All of 2018 competitive will be 5v5. And that, everyone went nuts. Do you think that there's so. going to be... Uh, that first season or whatever format they end up going with, those first matches played on 5v5, uh, yeah, that's that'll, a, that'll something interesting. It'll definitely, like, I don't know, hopefully they give enough time. We are in the off season for players to adapt yeah. and make that transition. I guess that's the yeah. goal with all of this. But, well, I, I wasn't sure that uh, I, I must have missed that. But, damn, that's, that's, that's interesting now. <laughs> I got to really keep looking into that 5v5 uh, in preparation yeah. for 
because I mean, if that is true and 5v5 is, because I guess that makes sense because what they did this year, they looked at Tribe versus Rogue and the whole year uh, Tribe or Immortals played better. So they got the wild card. I mean, I guess you can't look at a whole year if the team played on 3v3 in the beginning of the year and then it switched to 5v5 halfway through. It's almost yeah. like you just have to commit to one and then run with that for that whole year. And like we already said, that first season may be a little sketchy, but they have to just fight through the growing pains. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because you'd rather do that and like just have a little bit of a sketchy first season and then play 3v3 all year. And then, like, I mean, you'll have to make that, you just have to make that switch at some point. So, you might as well just get it over with. Totally. I agree with what they're doing. Yeah, especially if they're trying to get 5v5 going for next worlds. Uh, it'll take a lot of time to, to make that quite the showcase that they want it to be. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that Brutal will be like either a super sub or a starter for Equifax. <laughs> well, I, I'd love to get playing again once my school year ends. Uh, that would be something that I'd enjoy very much uh, in some sort of capacity. Uh, but for now, it'll be me investing a lot of time in an analysis, uh, trying to understand the other 5v5 MOBAs and hopefully being able to translate that, that knowledge over. I think uh, an advantage a lot of the organization-based uh, teams have is uh, they have access to analysts and coaches who have uh, who do a similar thing, but for 5v5 MOBAs. Uh, so there could be some sort of crossover um, between those, those analysts, uh, knowledge being shared uh, and collaboration to hopefully achieve the best analysis and be able to achieve uh, uh, big goals within this 5v5 competitive season by getting the edge through knowledge of 5v5 gameplay and metas. I think it'll be really cool to see uh, I think everything's gonna be really cool about five v five. I'm just, <laughs> I'm really excited just to see how everything plays out. Right, and I think it'll be a treat for everyone. Uh, I, uh, I heard that a uh, Dota five or uh, Dota two is a really easy five v five MOBA to get into. So I mean, if you just want to check that one out and start studying that <laughs> one, whatever, <laughs> that should be no cake at all. Oh, yes, there, Dota. That yes, is that, that's. That's like uh, the Candy Crush of MOBAs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, we're already at, you know, 40 minutes here. It's Christmas Eve. There's, I have been just thinking of a million of questions to ask you. That's why I love having you on because I know you'll always give me great answers. But I'm going to try to, you know, bring it back a little bit. We can start to wrap this up already. It's already been 40 minutes. I know it's kind of crazy. But, um... Looking at the 5v5 map, I never actually asked you, like, what was the the thing you were most amazed about? Because for me, seeing, like, a full 5v5 team fight, I was like, wow, like, this is truly, like, League of Legends on my phone and maybe even better. Like, I was really comfortable about saying even better when it comes to graphics. I don't know if there's anything particular about the 5v5 map that they made that you specifically were, like, really excited about, whether it was the dragons or the Vein Crystal or just the camps in general. I'm going to have to say the dragons. I think it was pretty incredible to see that dragon fly up and land in the center of the lane. Right. Black yeah. Cloud. Uh, it was, that was, that was pretty cool to see. Like it was, it was gorgeous. Like at that moment, I knew that like Vainglory had a nice future with the 5v5. I, I guess my main concern is there were a lot of parallels with League of Legends. Right. But I do feel like this is a better version of League. Uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of, uh, criticism towards Vingloy 5v5 when it first comes out uh, from other players uh, saying, oh, this is a League of Legends duplicate. I, I, we get enough of that already. But 
there's definitely a lot of genuine, unique ideas that have been integrated. There's a lot of crossovers between MOBAs taking the top pieces of each and making them work. Uh, there's elements of Dota uh, that have been integrated. And I think that that's really cool to see. It's like we, we, we literally brought together the best of the best when it comes to MOBAs, took their best pieces, the things that people love, and made them better. And put and it so on a phone. Exactly. Yeah. Put it on something that everybody has access to. And that's, that's, I think that, that's a beautiful thing. Right. As a business standpoint, I get when people get frustrated. Oh, this map is the same as as the, as the League of Legends map. And I, I get the frustration. But look, people want to play League of Legends. And if they want to play that on their phone, on the go, anywhere they want, and you can do that on your phone and you have a game that's as looks as good, it plays as smoothly as League of Legends, then Super Evil Megacorp has done it like easily. For and sure. yeah, I, people can say whatever they want, and I don't care how close. I mean, the dragons, yeah, I get that frustration. Like you could have picked any other creature, but there's lore behind it. Like there has yeah. been dragons in the lore for a long time, so it makes perfect that sense. Bring totally does. Yeah. So and they look gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not like there's, you know, the cloud dragon, this dragon. There's, you know, there's not just like, they are different. The one dragon, Black Claw, out operates as a Kraken. And then Ghostwing is basically just a defensive team buff. So there's, yeah, there's definitely. I love seeing that barrier. Yeah, well, that's another thing we can get into is just, you know, is the barrier going to be too strong? Black Claw lands at seven minutes. Are teams going to be even strong enough or ready to try to take Black Claw at seven minutes? Those are all like, you know, a lot of different questions that we can. Yeah. I could bring you back on once again when the when the videos <laughs> start getting dropped and we start getting more, sure, and, more, sure. more and more more and more knowledge, yeah. yeah more knowledge and we can discuss more about what are the big things that we are worried about and that will need to change. Uh, that SCMC specifically may need to change when it comes to uh, the 5v5 because you know casual players will be important and then we'll see esports. So there's there's two levels of opinions, casual and then esports and figuring out what's best for the whole scene. Definitely, definitely. You can't just look at one. You have to take everything into consideration with all the decisions being made. Yeah. So endless. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you hear Brutal say that he's busy? We can't keep bothering him with these podcasts, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> really love being on here so anytime <laughs> you come back i'd be more than happy to make time to to make it happen it's always nice to talk with both of you i'm, I'm, at, oh. I'm at the university as well so you know it's it's a struggle uh the testing and all that nonsense so i definitely feel that on a personal level it's nice to get away and think about a video game for a while <laughs> for sure, for sure. yeah well i mean i think that's a good point we can wrap this up and leave other questions for later episodes i know crude and i are both excited for 2018 as a whole but especially to see teams such as echo fox and just all the teams in general form these 5v5 rosters and all the roster changes that are about to happen in 2018 before yeah. you know the season starts it's going to be insane to see and uh no matter you know what happens i think it's going to be positive overall I totally agree. I totally agree. All right, Crude, anything else? Any other ending points from you? No, Santa's coming soon. I got to get going to bed here, so. Yes, <laughs> for us. You yes, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you both. Oh, yes. yes. To all the viewers. All the, all the viewers and listeners, happy holidays, of course. Uh, I'm sorry, 5v5 will probably not be under your Christmas tree but um, soon, Ooh. soon it will be. I'm I'm assuming the delayed Christmas gift. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. I hope you all get your golden tickets. 
yeah, uh, Crude and I may or may not have exploited the bug and got them before they fixed them. And we spent around 2,000 eyes, 3,000 eyes each just to get them. Other people have spent much more. I apologize that I did exploit the bug. Um, <laughs> but Thank goodness Endless was on... Thank goodness Endless was on Twitter because he's like, yo, I think I, everyone's getting tickets right now. you got to get on. So I was like, okay. So I got on, started doing it, and he got his. And then about a couple tries later, I got mine. But Let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at TFR underscore esports. Brutal Turtle at Brutal Turtle VG. Um, on his Twitter's fire, guys. There's great things there. Um, Twitter is fire. Twitter is Twitter is fire. Brutal. I don't know. You may have like six more hours of your day going on. Uh, Creed and I. This is the end of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep schedule is a little different. Right. <laughs> but uh, if you uh, continue to play Vainglory tonight, good luck out there on the fold. Thank you very much. Eventually, we'll have to be starting the rise. I'll have to get used to that switch. Um, but. Once I think of more conversations to talk about 5v5, I will be dragging you back on, no matter how busy you are, to uh, <laughs> to pick your brain. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, both of you, to have, for having me today. I, oh, I we appreciate it. it. Yeah. It's always a treat. Yeah. Uh, have a great rest of your 2017, and good luck in 2018. Same to you both. Have a great night. And Merry All right, Christmas. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling.